Hello, uh, welcome back to an episode of uh, Rewrites, uh, mm -hmm. the director's cut, where we have fun with films. This week we watched Parasite, uh, we had a great time, uh, but firstly, how are you doing? I'm alright, I'm alright, yeah, we've had usual hours of technical difficulties, but we've tried to yeah. make it happen. Yeah. Like, keep the frustration to a minimum, but... Yeah, I'm still feeling good, I haven't lost my will. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that for you or for me? Yeah, both of us. <laughs> A good yeah. film at least at least it was a good film yeah true uh do you want to get straight into this review because uh, yeah. we have stacks on stacks on notes you've yeah. got tons I've got, a, I've got ridiculous numbers of notes <laughs> i can't read any of it it's pointless it's uh, completely pointless but i had a good time writing <laughs> first uh, snap judgment did you enjoy the film yeah, yeah yeah i knew i would but it was right in my ballpark but mm. what about you uh no i loved it yeah good um I knew I enjoyed it as soon as we uh, finished the film, but like we've left it a couple of days until we've had this chat. We've not even spoke anything about it to Deliberately each other. Deliberately try to keep usually, it. Yeah, usually we, ju we just kind of talk randomly. Get impatient, uh, yeah. Yeah, we do actually live together, so it's hard to not have those conversations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, um, I yeah. think it's easier when something's good, though. Like mm. when, when it's something's bad, we just end up being like... But <laughs> when it's good, it's like we're actually excited to keep it all fresh so we can really get mm. into what we're thinking on the podcast. Yeah. When I stop kicking shit, <laughs> we're just attacking the set. It's all right. No one can see what you're on about. That's fine. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, do you want me to go through a quick synopsis of the film or do you, do you want to go through Yeah, it? no, wait. You do the synopsis just before that. We'll just explain. So we've come up with this kind of new way of structuring the way we want to talk about the films we're going to do. It's like this. Yeah, it's kind of like that mass match sheet. We'll put something up on social media just so you can see. But basically, we thought rather than doing a generic, like, was it any good? And then just trying to, like, spew out a bunch of facts about the film thing. We tried to actually, you know, structure it around a bunch of questions, which Ooh. will help us get into more of the detail about what actually kind of makes a film good. So we'll go through one by one and kind of explain as we go on. But like most things, we're probably just going to start off by summarizing what happens in the film and then kind of, you know, initial thoughts before we get into a bit more detail about different, like the different aspects of a film that exactly. we think make it good or bad. Or bad. Or bad. Well, there's not that much bad with this film. Nope, there's there really not really isn't. anything. I mean, spoilers, but... Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll give a quick synopsis. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, all, all it is, really, is it follows this uh, poor family from uh, Korea, um, yep. uh, South Korea. Uh, they are living in, like, a sub-basement kind of place, and uh, it seems like <laughs> they're, they're a bit of a con-men uh, family mm. who kind of end up getting jobs working for this uh, for this rich family. Yep. And uh, one person gets in, then they help one, uh, one of their family members get in, and then all of a sudden all of them are all working for this rich family. Yeah. And then something happens. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So <laughs> a good way of saying it. It's yeah. kind without, of like... Without going into too uh, many spoilers first. Exactly, yeah. Like, I didn't think... Um, like they were con man kind of thing. I mean, you got a first glimpse of it, like during that first confrontation with the boss that they were working for with the pizza boxes, uh -huh. and then like it just kind of went from there. And I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> saucy yeah. boy!" But what then are you doing? it was kind of clever because again, it was it's, it's a lot about kind of the code switching thing, and the, even the way, if you notice, the way the son was with with, with his rich friend Min, who gets him the job. Mm. Min thinks of that as him as a super trustworthy guy and like you know a very kind of quiet, measured person. But that's obviously just the face that. Our, our boys put on in order to kind of take advantage of Min because he's rich mm. but when you're first watching it you don't know that you think this is just a nice kid and you know he's not really going to take advantage of the situation so it kind of there's little bits of characterization which constantly just mean you're surprised by what comes up 
That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I was constantly surprised about what kind of keeps coming from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a little bit of background into this as well. With uh, this film was made on a budget of fifteen million dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, ended up making two hundred and fifty-eight point eight million, mm-hmm. which is a massive return. Yep, big, I, big I, money. I, I love like because lo- it was quite a small story as well. It was only really one location. Like there yep. was a couple of others. Uh, which we'll get into later. We did a game but... where you asked me to guess the budget and I pretty much like nailed it. Oh, he it. nailed it. He because... absolutely nailed it. That's because when you think about it, there's like one set piece involving the weather and mm. there's one big ass house which they built for the film. Yeah. Or just built the lower level and then the top level was all CGI. But other than that, there wasn't really anything. You know, the cast is like nine people really. Like, yeah. There really wasn't that much that came into it. Do you know, it was edited entirely in Final Cut Pro 7, which was discontinued Seven. in 2011. So if you got, you know, it hasn't been on it yet. It hasn't been updated since like 2011. God damn. I know. It's pretty incredible. Uh, I don't think I've ever even used it since uh, it's before our time. Ah, that, that, I like that. That's good. It's yeah. crazy little detail, isn't it? Because it was storyboarded fully beforehand. So I suppose from an editing point of view, like they don't, they, they don't have the option of, you know, alternate cuts or coverage cuts to use. Mm. So in some scenes they'll use like... Uh, they were talking about one particular scene. They used the third take of the mother and the fifth take of the daughter, and they just stitched them together because those were the best takes. But like that's that's the only way they kind of got around the idea of no coverage because it was shot so quickly as well. Yeah, you can tell this film was really handcrafted and like just kind of picked to perfection. Yeah, the Which, production design is unbelievable as well. Like it's the the detail in the film is is kind of it's it's one of those that one of kind of the things that I take as a measure of a good film is a kind of show don't tell attitude. And there's like no exposition. There's they don't go to there isn't really many opportunities where they point out things in the background. You can just yeah. see the contrast in kind of every frame versus every frame of the rich versus the poor, which is kind of one of the fundamental themes going on throughout the film. Mm. Um, yeah, was was there anything else kind of from the background that you thought was interesting? Because we uh, both kind of went into it with no predispositions. Like, I knew I'd like it. I know I like Bong, but I deliberately kind of always try and avoid trailers and anything to do with the film before I'm going to watch it. Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to point out um, the success of the film, really, from that, that it got... Uh, it was the first South Korean film to get any sort of... Ac- uh, ac- ac- Academy Award <laughs> Best Picture nomination, basically. Yeah, there we go. First, non, first foreign language film altogether to mm. get a Best Picture. Uh, yeah, we've got Best Director, Best Picture, um, and then also, I, I did it. I think it won uh, Best Screenplay and Best International as well, mm-hmm. or at least it was nominated in those uh, categories. The only two it, it didn't first. win was Production Design and Editing, which interestingly, the two Bong were really, was really pleased about, because that's you know showing some attention to Korean, the actual Korean technical people who did those parts of it, mm. but kind of sadly, those are the two parts of it that didn't actually win the awards. Yeah. But yeah, like that, that was it won everything other than that basically. So it did do really well. Kind of people weren't too sure whether it was kind of. I think it was almost an element of it's the perfect time as well with the Oscars when it comes to the whole Oscar so white like a very kind of few <laughs> yeah. years of lack of diversity. So just I think people wanted this to happen and Bong such a like beloved figure in Hollywood like the way you know even the way Scorsese kind of he talked about Scorsese in his speech and Scorsese gave him a letter the next day and talked about how all him and other filmmakers are waiting on Bong's next movie. Like, it, he's kind of very central in the actual landscape. Mm. So it was just one of those kind of, a lot of factors came together. He doesn't know if it's his best film. He says he hopes his next film is his best film, but it's a I real... I suppose every director believes that, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but, do you think he's going to be like the next Jordan Peele? I think, honestly, he's done so much for so long and been so kind of influential that it's one of those that, 
fans of cinema on that level kind of know and appreciate what you can get from him and the way he's been able to translate into the mainstream is is kind of if more of that can keep happening then that's only a good thing mm. uh, i didn't have any other background stuff unless you have any sort of trivia no no uh, i just got deep into all the kind of metaphors and themes and all the stuff he was getting going on whilst he was actually in the film Okay. Uh, do you want to go into more like spoiler territory then? And kind of pick yeah. it apart a bit? So, so if anyone who's not seen it, go and watch it and then come back to it's it. It's on Amazon Prime it. at the minute. Which yes, is where it is. Watched it. There's For also free. a black and white version if you're an edgy bitch. <laughs> 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 but no, yeah, so we so the way we did our review is we've kind of broken it into pieces what actual parts there are in a film, like I said before. So the first aspect we wanted to get through was world building. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go through it. Uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I suppose, do you want to explain a bit what we mean by world building as well, just off the, the kind of way we directed the, the thoughts we were having about it? Like the way that, uh, <laughs> it sounds really stupid when I say like that, but the way the world is actually built, mm-hmm. uh, but like more the believability of it, so like the way that it's written, like the story logic, does it specifically like, make any sense? Because you'll be surprised at many films that actually don't <laughs> make it sense, no. or at least like in terms of like a realistic aspect of like, the way that people do things. And mm-hmm. like there's a beautiful case to like... Um, the way that there's consequences in in that are happening throughout the film that then you know uh, are even set up in the first scene really to then see you know we'll go into it in a bit mm-hmm. um but yeah like the way that the uh, the production is designed everything like that and i thought it was great like, the best thing that you said already was um show don't tell mm-hmm. and like the first scene where they're already in like a because they live in like this sub basement which is like yeah. half and half uh, basically yeah and they can see outside. it's just this shot from their point of view inside uh-huh. this uh, basement but you can already kind of see that they're they're in a bit of uh, in a poor area uh-huh. um there's, uh, there's a guy pissing <laughs> outside like a drunk dude yeah the whole fumigation scene like mm. clearly the you know the the people are subhuman they're like the government will just send people out to fumigate not warn them not know anything it's but also toxic. their attitude of let it in because mm. then it'll get rid of the roaches in our house yeah it's like so they'll put up with that so they're already kind of halfway there themselves it's really efficiently done but the whole two worlds are built up and contrasted really well and really quickly and i think that's all due to the like specificity of just every shot was storyboarded every you know at the, the entire house of the rich people is kind of that that house represents that entire side of society yeah i think kind of it comes down to the writing the storyboarding like we said with the whole thing being storyboarded but all of it is very detailed and making you kind of understand kind of also irrespective of time like technology plays quite a big role but it's all kind of family dynamics and and kind of economic dynamics which happen everywhere kind of throughout history and south korea and and kind of now-ish is just the the lens we're looking at it through mm that segues next uh, great into our next point which i i've still kept the uh, the term that you created for this called mm. cacting oh yeah <laughs> which is basically like the casting and the acting which also kind of goes into more like the characters the motives believability all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh and it, more to do with the world building in this but i wanted to bring it up again was like the family dynamic you just kind of get it mm-hmm. straight away and you just kind of believe that these four people that you see on screen are like this this family of like a brother sister mum dad yeah and they're all just kind of pulling together to get by especially with the poor element of the there's like a physical intimacy that you have to get used to when you don't have money because you don't have space so as in like Mm. they're just kind of they're very um they're very kind of they they learn how to um like coexist like that 
And I th again, it's kind of one of those things you get into a lot deeper as we'll get into it, because I think the family dynamics are interesting, because at the beginning you think, oh, these guys are killing it, like they're all getting along, they're joking, they're bantering together. But then you have kind of certain scenes, for example, where they get drunk together and over the course of the film you realize that like you know they're not as made for each other you're, you're not you know they're kind of there's a lot under the surface which is kind of bubbling which isn't as ideal as you think it is for the mm. circumstances <laughs> where as, they're as not soon as you said like, they were drinking together that one bit where the mum and dad are trying to trick the kids the kids yeah, yeah. and I was like oh where did that come from <laughs> but even moments with the sister getting drunk and the sister getting a little bit more churlish like mm. she's very much the kind of again it's just interesting that he doesn't he doesn't tell you anything. He doesn't say, oh, she, you know, the big sister, she's the one who's the demanding, kind of tough one. The son is just a bit of a coward. Like, they have the guy piss outside and they have the son not alter like go for an altercation. And then also the two styles of tutoring are contrasted, where the son's kind of, he gets a bit aggressive in a moment, but that's more for the kind of mother's appeal. That's one of weird moments that I pulled up. I definitely wanted to talk to you about that moment because okay. it's a really interesting. Like, uh, there's a lot of dynamics at play. Should we go, uh, should we explain a little bit more of the plot to that point? And then we'll go into that. Yeah, yeah, we can do. So uh, after this family uh, is established in the film, uh, he, the the young boys oh, is he is he a young boy? I'm no, gonna, he's a I'm teenager. Gonna, he's I kind of university age. <laughs> I I mean, he's a young boy to me. <laughs> he's like four years younger than us, probably. <laughs> he's not. Oh, in real life, he probably is. Yeah. I mean, I think just, he's meant just to for be the relationship so. that kind of comes up, though. That's mainly the more reason why I want to think of him as you as a young. Yeah, boy. we need to keep it playing. <laughs> but anyway, um, his friend uh, tutors this rich girl, and he's going away to university. So he uh, recommends uh, his friend for the job, which is the the young. Uh, Poor boy kid, of the family. But yeah, the he, poor kid. He the only family. thinks he's trustworthy because he's poor. Like, yeah, is, there's there's a lot of dynamics about kind of poor versus rich, like use and abuse each other, and then mm. it's kind of explored in a lot of different ways in the film. Sorry, yeah. go on. No, no, it's all right. Uh, and then he goes for the interview. Uh, he has a tutoring moment with the mum watching, and then there was this really weird bit during this tutoring scene where he just grabs the girl's hand like to feel her pulse. And then makes a point about uh, that she kind of has to answer it in the moment and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was weird. There it was, was deliberately that... quite a charged moment, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, what did you think of it? I Again, I very much like that. The, big, the beginning, I thought it's very odd. I thought for, for, I firstly thought it was just Bong telling us that this son isn't kind of the mild-mannered, quiet kid that he'd been built up to be so far. Mm. So I thought it was firstly just to introduce that little bit of confusion about him. But then after kind of thinking about it more, I think it's more, it's all to do with that was for the mum's benefit. And it's to do with poor people learn very quickly how to read rich people in order to kind of manipulate them, as as you see in the film, Which, yeah. to their to their whim. And I think the son realized kind of quite soon the mother would respond to that kind of more kind of authoritative side because she's obviously the kind of very naive, but she's she's not a decision maker. She's one who wants the kind of world to just you know work around her, and she can just flurry away through yeah so i think it's very clever on his part to he that was a show for the mum basically to me just to just to show he's he's in control he can handle the daughter he can handle whatever and then he creates an opportunity for himself as he sees the young uh, the young kid of the rich family mm -hmm. and then he decides to get his sister involved with uh, what i'm what i'm going to call as the scam because <laughs> it essentially is a big scam yeah um so and that what they do is she poses as someone who's not related to him to tutor the young boy and like as you say, her approach to it as well, she'd already kind of gotten the background information of uh, how they react as a family, so she just kind of went all in for it. 
And I, I just thought it was an interesting way to kind of make them seem so different as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there was a few, the, just to pick out one moment as well, the moment before they're doing the doorbell is a moment where the brother and sister have a little rhyme they've invented together to help with oh, yeah. the story. Yeah, that and was I just good think Bong's incredibly good at these very quick, very kind of endearing moments that lots of, usually it's side characters get. Mm. Like I think there was a moment with the housekeeper where she does a little run, which made us both kind of, you know, laugh a little bit. And, um, which bit? kind of earlier on i can't remember exactly what happens but i've just got housekeeper run made us laugh um i've got <laughs> i can't you've, remember you've that but this. i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure yeah. but basically like little side characters get these qu- even the son with the bow and arrow and the arrow sticking out of his butt and stuff like that just oh little, yeah. yeah he deliberately chucks in these little moments of comedy or the pratfall with the detective right at the end do you know where he's getting followed by detectives it's at the most <laughs> depressing tense yeah. end of the film and we just get a little because it doesn't need to be there either no. so you know it was specifically added in there. but it's perfectly weighted because it's just you can tell as an audience member it's just to give you that bit of release every now and again where you're just like oh phew. <laughs> like you just you really appreciate the laugh because you're in such a like you know internalized kind of place to, about thinking about it plus it's like more of a normal thing like mm-hmm. something like that would happen and again, that's good acting and good, mm. ca- like, you know. And good directing. Because that's what we've, we've not talked big picture yet about what we thought about the casting and acting. Um, uh, yeah, I, already with that. Uh, you've got one issue with family. that, I suppose, which it, it, it doesn't occur to me as much, but especially with foreign language films, you're bringing something up. Oh, is- yeah. Um, it, it's more for, like, someone who doesn't speak Korean specifically watching this film. Um, I don't know whether there is like a bad line delivery because like in english film because that's how i speak english um you can tell when someone is a bad actor because like the way that they say something or mm-hmm. the way they kind of lean it's very into stilted it. yeah. yeah and like with this because i don't know the language i can't tell mm-hmm. so i can't 100 percent say whether like the acting is amazing or not but mm-hmm. from what i can see and from like the vibes that i get and like what the subtitles that i read from what the actual characters are saying mm-hmm. i think they do a great job mm-hmm. Like specifically the Paul family, yeah, like that that was really cast really. The well. mum was really good as well. Rich mum was mm. very good because again, yeah. it's a very specific balance of like she's naive and sweet, so you like her, but she's so naive and sweet that it's just like in it's fine for poor people to take advantage because if she's been able to grow up, like this is the way the kind of psychology of it's all built up that like the the film wouldn't work if every one of these little interrelationships wasn't perfectly weighted, mm. and the fact that she's that kind of you know, the way she says about, like, oh, the the rain is such an inconvenience, blah, blah, blah. It's like, she's not being um, insensitive about the fact that people are kind of drowning and, and dying in the yeah, in the poor areas. It's just her life is so separated from it that... It, that well, she know, doesn't even know about it. Yeah, it, it's just, it's like, you can't... She, it's not that she deserves to be punished for it, but it's that you don't have to feel bad for taking advantage of her because the world's let her become that way mm. and that's a big part of the logic i know behind justifying it to the poor people to themselves so i just think the way all of the characters and there's also the fact that there isn't really any exposition anything you do learn you learn when the characters are interacting with each other and you don't you know you learn it as you learn more about the characters which also tells you about the film mm. so i just think like that way of doing it where all the poor people kind of play a lot of different roles so but you believe them in the roles they're playing as in you know trapping people in the world but you can also like get a sense of some of their like you feel the dad getting more guilty and you feel him getting like at the end you feel him losing his rope with the rich guy in the car and stuff like that yeah so like another uh just quickly on terms of, like the characters and their motives and the way that they kind of do things uh it was interesting to see the way that they kind of um introduce the other person so like the next person mm-hmm. uh, from their family into 
their family yeah and like the one thing that really <laughs> um took out uh stood out for me was like the way that the girl um the the poor girl because i'm trying to differentiate between them uh, also the reason why we're saying they're like characters like this yeah. is because we didn't want to disrespect anyone by saying the, no the names the wrong way and also it's just very uh, it's hard to kind of keep up and it's easier also i think for people to keep it in like a track of it in their head like rich family poor family like yeah dad mom daughter son like it's fairly straightforward that way yeah so you know it's it's kind of out of not wanting to brutalize anything <laughs> yeah so go uh, for it. but speaking of brutal uh the way that she, she just kind of casually slips off her underwear in the back of this guy's car mm -hmm. um to kind of plant him to be the next person gone um which <laughs> like for me at that point i was kind of getting wary of the way they were doing the con but at that point i was like oh damn <laughs> See, that to me again was just a point about another extension of their own the kind of moral code that they've had to grow to live by mm. where she might not have done that i don't think if he hadn't have been that kind of pushy come on with her but i think in mm. her head once he did that she thought you saw her you saw her realize he's crossed the line in her head now he deserves to be great, punished that's a great like specific Sec, yeah, word like cross the line yeah, yeah. No, that's a whole thing because that, that's there's a few fundamental phrases in this film which kind of that is one of them yeah but okay. yeah i i knew like she decided this was justified based on his behavior mm. which again it isn't justified overall on a thing of like he was a little bit pushy with a young girl like you know that's obviously reprehensible behavior but he didn't do anything yeah well, it, it wasn't it. with any malintent or anything no, like that he was like, just he trying, was just to, trying to help no yeah. he was trying it on but well, I mean, a little like, bit yeah she 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 knew that immediately as well i think that's part mm. of the, the again the parasite the title of the film kind of takes on quite a lot of different meanings like the first thought is poor people are parasites from the rich people taking advantage of them but then the reason bong kind of like he had to defend it to his marketing people and the reason oh, yeah. he, the point the point he made was also the rich are very much parasites in this film as well in terms of they can't do any labor whatsoever for themselves they can't drive they can't wash dishes they can't cook <laughs> yeah, like they literally can't so the the whole parasitic thing goes in a lot of different directions but again there's also kind of sexual sexual themes and genders and stuff like that which are also kind of being they get a moment's reference in the film but and and you kind of get it straight away like political things too with the north korean kind of like you get the sense that he doesn't want he wasn't trying to preach but he got in a lot of points he wanted to make from a director's point of view hmm. do you have any more cacting news or does that actually kind of bring <laughs> us to the next no category? it's just the fact that uh, i thought i thought everyone was a, uh, was a really good part because anyone who uh like had a sad moment or you know you kind of felt their emotions like i was able to empathize with everyone mm-hmm um so like even like the housemaid when she was kind of let go but then the reason why she kind of comes back which we'll get get into as well mm -hmm. you know just those little small moments i, I just thought every, everyone like really knocked it out of the park yeah i agree uh which kind of leads us into uh the next uh section that we've got is directing mm -hmm. uh, specifically and we've kind of put like a load of things into this which was more like the production cinematography style like the overall product brought together mm -hmm. which we've already kind of hinted at but yeah he he really does nail it out the park. Yeah, I did. I don't know if you noticed as well as as well, but I, did you notice kind of a change in the use of camera movements and actual kind of involved motivated director use over the course of the film? So the beginning of the film, the the camera was pretty stationary. There wasn't that many kind of moving shots and stuff like that. Mm. And as we get further into the film and kind of more into the chaos and understand what's going on, there's a lot more kind of slow zooms and kind of camera turns, and, and there's a lot more kind of. Uh, on the surface directing that I thought was kind of an interesting choice to make. 
Yeah, there were certain like specific like transitions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a specific one that we both enjoyed. The water level transition. Did you like the cake as well? (laughs) Yeah. The the cake, he uses the physical prop as a cake to kind of go into a flashback of the cake on the floor in the present in terms of a memory. But again, it's very, it's just how seamlessly these things work. Mm. And speaking about kind of flashbacks and memories and stuff, we'll talk about the ending in a bit. But that was another one where it's, it's actually not as up for interpretation as people might think. But it's very smoothly kind of he he plays with the idea of memory and the future and dreams and kind of yeah he, he puts you in a kind of very you're, you're in an unsure place until you actually think about it some more and then you're just depressed <laughs> but, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a bit what i like uh, specifically I, I probably need to rewatch it in order to notice more camera movement specifically and mm-hmm. stuff like that but what i did like was the slow montage essentially of them bringing all of the family members as household workers for the park family yeah because usually like in american film where it's like 90 minutes where it would be this kind of thing like that would be a quick montage sequence mm-hmm. but this it just kind of it's just kind of able to play out naturally I, and it was it was really enjoyable to watch it just kind of slowly build and burn because you uh, knew it was kind of building to something and it's, yeah. it's a much more effective way of showing you as well that they've kind of taken over the house like the way that he's having a bath and stuff like that but it takes full advantage of the use of the space to actually show you kind of the way they've ingratiated themselves into that world and kind of because then other characters as well end up just in the background Mm -hmm. and it's like well the focus was on them 10 minutes ago but now they're just in the background like everyone else so it's like they've already kind of injected themselves into this family like a parasite (laughs) yep exactly (laughs) um i'm just trying to see if there's anything else i want to say there was some nice slow-mo yeah i was gonna say revealing and stuff as well like just even there was a specific shot right at the beginning where it was just kind of following someone going down this uh, alleyway and it literally just shows you from one alleyway to the other Mm -hmm. and usually that'd be like a quick kind of cut sequence but this just kind of followed it smoothly Mm -hmm. and i was like it's Mm -hmm. just nice to watch it because then you get to see more of the world as well yep now everything's very again it's the whole thing with it being storyboarded like with the daughter peeking rich daughter peeking on the stairs over the edge like mm. that's a two second shot and that tells you everything you need to know about her you know kind of growing attention with the with the poor boy and kind of her jealousy now that the, the mom's getting attention from him so a lot of these things were kind of really really kind of efficiently done and he also uses kind of a lot of visual and kind of literary almost devices, you know, like things like repetition, the son saying this is so metaphorical, hmm. or honey, which is, you know, honey, a lot of people call each other honey in the movie. I'm not sure whether how much you knew, but it's also like the one of the most tense moments. Do you remember when they say honey when they come back in? Hmm. That's like, that's one of the most tense moments in the film, and it's just the kind of reuse of that word and, and kind of what it actually means to a relationship. Okay. But uh, yeah, I thought there was a lot of really interesting stuff like that. The weather is a metaphor. Pathetic fallacy was a big thing going on. Like you could just light versus kind of rain, basically. <laughs> um, there was a specific shot I wanted to bring up as well when uh, after a thing that we'll kind of get into, but uh, the, the Paul family are kind of going back home. Mm-hmm. And there's this shot where it kind of descends through all these power lines kind of focusing back to them and for me like it might have just been a shot this is this is why i hate interpretation because like it literally just could have been a shot of power lines and yeah like, oh that's cool but for me i took it as that like all the intricate web of lies that they've kind of gone and they're trying to kind of walk themselves through this now mm-hmm. <laughs> i just thought that, it was a really cool i, shot. I, I, t- I know and again that, that could be a lot deeper than what it actually is because mm-hmm. i could have just been like oh that's cool <laughs> but i doubt I, it well yeah well even during that scene when they're going home i don't know if you noticed as well but like everything was downhill every single shot where they were traveling mm. they were going downhill 
And there were and again, also great shots just showing the location. Using the sewer first as well as the transition is and obviously bring up the concept of underground again. But every shot of them r running home was downhill and it's just everything's very kind of carefully visually set up to, to remind you of the contrast, especially during that flooding sequence. Mm. The way the shots are kind of structured, it, it's not shouting it at you, but it's making it very clear that like, this is the difference in the in the entire world if you're rich versus poor like if you're rich the you know the world's irrelevant you're you're kind of above all whereas if you're poor you're kind of at the whim of kind of everything and it's, it's all kind of luck yeah like well one of the continuity stuff that i wanted to bring up as well to do with like the directing in this yeah like there was great continuity points in the story where it was just kind of consequences that they'd done so like that literally that first sequence where the fumigation was happening mm -hmm. and they make a point about keeping the windows open so that could happen mm -hmm. like the, the, the there's a flood that happens during the film yeah and the only reason why their basement gets flooded is because they always leave the windows open uh -huh. it's like it's such a simple thing but like yeah it's they've already established it in the film and i love kind of real points that they kind of bring up because otherwise it could have been you know it could have been like any sort of thing but the fact that they brought that up it just feels so purposeful to add into the film. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like a nice uh, point as well. Uh, like e even the point where the dad, uh, the dad has to kind of go somewhere, <laughs> and mm -hmm. he leaves like the handle on top of the cupboard. It's like, oh well, he put it there before, so that's the reason why he could kind of find it when no one else could. Exactly. Yeah, but he didn't show you putting it yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, to kind of catch you more up on the plot from where we left it. Uh, so at this point, the whole family is now uh, employed by the Park family, and uh, the Park family have gone away on a vacation for uh, the boys, the young rich boy's birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're all just enjoying the, the fine life, drinking all their food, uh, drinking all their food, <laughs> drinking all their uh, alcohol, you know, eating all their food, just loving life, loving the view. It's a very nice view. Um, and then they get a little bit leery, they get, <laughs> they've got a little mm -hmm. bit drunk, um, uh, there's this one point I wanted to bring up where the the dad just kind of goes for the mum, but then they they were in on it together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was just an interesting character moment. Like I did just didn't expect it. Mm -hmm. um, and then the old house lady turns up. Uh, now there was a bit of context uh, of uh, like her story and what she'd been about. And she'd been there since the house was constructed by this famous architect. Yeah. And she only wants to come back uh, to find something. Mm -hmm. So then the family let her in. Um, she, they find out that there's a secret basement and her husband has been living underground for like the last four years, mm -hmm. um, which uh, I, I had a little thing where I thought, well, I thought they were going to, uh, I thought the Park family was going to end up living there, like all of them together. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was kind of, I was half right. Yeah. <laughs> there was something to do with the basement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, what did you think of that? moment because it really kind of kicked up like I, I was just like in my notes i was like oh it's all kicking off <laughs> at yeah. this point um yeah that was, it, like, was it, it was interesting to us it was really smooth how again um but like in all of these kind of films they'll throw little like you know like dropping little bits of bread like breadcrumbs to lead you on the path and mm. like the way he'd kind of hinted at things prior and the way also the, the way this entire film comes together socially is really really smart because one the whole aspect of the kid being a tutor to a rich kid that is like that bong did that himself that's one of the few ways kind of poor people can cross that barrier in korea mm. there's also the element of the downstairs bunkers that's quite a common thing over there because of the whole nuclear threat of mm. the world yeah and um you know you can understand why a like more um paranoid kind of seller wouldn't have told people about it so it's just the way it was all built up was very smooth there was also like a clue earlier yeah, which, you I, which i noticed which as soon as it happened which was um they they say that the rich guy dad 
who's kind of his floor is his arrogance his kind of catchphrase like we've referenced earlier is crosses the line he almost crossed the line and that basically just means anytime anyone he considers socially inferior tries to treat him as a as an equal mm. if you break like you know it was always when the dad driver was getting over familiar and stuff like that talking about whether he loves his wife that he felt the line was bordering being crossed but luckily the dad knew just enough to pull back but i've kind of gone off the point here but basically i just thought it was really in terms of an actual i know i was gonna say there was another secret bit that you found out to do with the surprise uh, uh, which was to do with the house. oh it takes food. two yeah, yeah, yeah she, she said she like, eats for two that was what the dad actually says she eats enough food for two people yeah and then we found out why because uh-huh. <laughs> she was taking food out for him uh but yeah i, I didn't I didn't really see the twist of someone actually living down there uh, no. coming off. So that was an interesting uh, twist. Links uh, back to the themes as well. Like he's called it a staircase movie, but the whole idea of gra- like underground versus overground and and stairs are a massive theme in this. And the mm. way that like kind of the basement is framed on a wall with like kind of expensive china and just you can just see this kind of like black void where the actual stairs go down. And it's just kind of like very, you know, it's really good framing that it's always like, if I imagine if we watched it again, we'd keep seeing it and keep kind of seeing little things happening in the background there. But it's really mm-hmm. well framed, like, you know, the way you, you can tell the house was built, purpose built for this film, because the way everything visually comes together is just really, really kind of intelligently done. But I just think the way that scene balanced kind of tension and drama was really unbelievably effective as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Like, you, it was either always tense or, like, it was always something, which always kept me intrigued. Like, yeah, it was funny for a moment. kind of coming across. Uh-huh. Yeah. It'd be funny now and again, but then on the whole, it was kind of like, it was, it was, and there was a lot of action happening. Like, the film is just constantly ramping up, but you, you understand it all because the visual language has been set up already around the house with yeah. the different people and their different relationships and where they kind of, you know there's a lot of voyeuristic kind of stuff with that house as well where i think this i saw in some trivia somewhere like there's 14 shots of people looking out of windows at other people oh yeah <laughs> but um there's a lot of like you know the other side type type aspects going there's a lot of major themes in this film that are kind of continually referenced but they rarely come to a head when it comes to the to the kind of key scenes and like that first scene is there's probably two key moments. It's that scene we're talking about, and then at the end, the final kind of action scene. Yeah. And, I, you know, as kind of, we, we both, I remember we paused it just before we, like, we, the woman opened the door for the housekeeper because we both knew. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is, this is, this is a turning point. <laughs> this is where it's going to kick. But we right had no idea, no idea how it was going to turn. Like, it yeah. could have come into a horror movie. It could have become some weird family rom com, like we didn't know. <laughs> Which we'll get into in a bit when mm-hmm. we <laughs> do have some fun with it. Uh, but yeah, do you want to go more into the editing thing before we kind of pull back and kind of go through the rest uh, of the film? Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of the actual music and the score, it was kind of subtle, but I think it was kind of like more effective in when it was when they chose to use it. There was one point I wanted to bring up actually. There was one weird bit where it was like I, I'm, I put a note of it. There was like some weird alien music. Mm-hmm. Did you catch wind of that? Like, yeah. Did you get any sort of any real reason why it was in there, apart from just to kind of make you feel a bit more kind of like, ooh, what's going on here? Like, to me, again, it was the, the divide of... Because of a big part of this film, I realized, like, thinking about it more as well as being a kind of... An element of imposter syndrome, mm. of, especially with the son. Like, he's in... Ta- all of the family are capable enough to do the jobs that they, like, steal. Like, that's never in question. We see them doing the jobs. The problem is... And, it, and it's also the fact that if you look that the jobs were gotten once the boy had the job 
they got the other family into recommendations, not through qualifications. The fact yeah. that they forged it was irrelevant. And again, that's just making a wider point about the fact that, you know, it's not about what you have behind you and your actual ability. It's about who you know, kind of in the world. It always is. <laughs> exactly. And it's just the way it's one that... one of the main points it kind of brings up as well. Exactly. That theme kind of is there. Like, there's also like a colonial theme, even with the Indian, if you think about the way the kid, the idea of a Native American, which is a really complicated, bloody history, is just like bongs talks about this himself it's just kind of like boiled down to the idea of like a kid's toy with a bow and arrow and like that's the way society handles these things where mm. rather than having a nuanced conversation in in full light of the historical context we'll just boil it down to the surface level and just take advantage of it from a you know entertainment value point of view so i just yeah i think that really kind of the the, the kind of in terms of cuts and pacing like like i think we talked about this before but it's almost like yeah we've kind of covered the, this and it was just the, like a nice slow the pace less to, to be it. said is almost the better like it was just very unnoticeable mm. there was a lot of longer shots than you often see in films and i really appreciate that but it wasn't like a long shot for the sake of like oh cool we can do a camera long shot and go over <laughs> a hill and into some water extraction yeah, it's, it's like there's some actual kind of motivated you, you understand the point it's making about characters and their relationships with each other yeah I think I think the, the the way that the cuts were done really well, especially with like the music and the tension building up nicely, was the uh, the part after um, the the bits that we've said in the story, mm-hmm. uh, because basically what happens after that point is uh, the housemate uh, the housemaid finds out they're all imposters, so then she threatens to tell the rich family that they're all you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a fight breaks out, and then they find out that the rich family are coming back home. Uh, so they have to kind of sort out the situation and then they're hiding from the family because they're not supposed to be there because they're not supposed to show that they're actually all related mm-hmm. and the the point i'm trying to make <laughs> the point i'm trying to make that i'll get to is uh that where they were all hiding and they were all trying to get out of the house mm-hmm. um that that was really well edited and put together because all, all the time i was like oh are they gonna get caught are they mm-hmm. actually gonna get caught because usually in those situations you you kind of know that they're not gonna get caught but in this film the way that it was kind of brought up as well is like oh i don't know whether they're actually gonna get caught or not yeah so you really get lost in the moment and you're kind of feeling the feelings that they're feeling uh so that, yeah that was really it's nice where touch. even where it might be like a cliche situation because all the character like the characters are so real and their relationships are so real you, you know the cliche situation is still not a cliche as a viewer because you don't know how these people are gonna you know you never knew what any any of the kind of people were gonna do in this film mm. so i think that 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 just element of like the the character side of it and even the fact of like you know it's set up that the dad and the son are both cowards um and then you know that kind of tension of if you're called a coward your whole life you know and and you can't protect your family like when he's got his daughter in that kind of position right at the end is that what made him snap is it you know there's a lot of different pressures that are built up over the course of the film which by the end when things kind of culminate they're 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 kind of there's a lot of different explanations and a lot of different ways that things kind of come together to Mm. to make a kind of effective point it's weird because i'm trying to talk about it without spoilers now okay well do you i was going to say do you kind of talk about the end of the film kind of go through that and then we'll talk about like the legacy and any sort of extra points you want to bring up yeah yeah go for it cool uh so after this point uh the family escape um uh, eventually (laughs) after uh, many uh short turns and uh they they come home to find that their home is flooded uh, which we mentioned before um and then they all have to come for uh the young rich kids birthday party all as their uh, different selves even though they've just had this horrible uh, experience mm-hmm. 
and uh, they're all really not feeling it. Uh, the husband, who is the one who's been locked down in the basement for the last four years, escapes, um, severely injures the young poor boy. Um, I thought he was dead. I thought he was gone. <laughs> um, I'm surprised he survived that. Uh, but then he comes out and he stabs uh, the young poor girl. Uh, the mum, was it the mum in the end? Or the one the mum gets stabbed, but she also got us some stabbing. She's in there. Well, is it, isn't she the one that stops the husband? Or is it the poor husband that stops I, the... The, the... I think she might stop the husband because she fights him off a bit, but she's fine with the son two weeks, you know, after he's in hospital. They don't yeah. know if we'll get away with it. Yeah, and then the the poor dad, uh, something in him snaps and he kills the rich dad. Basically, they're, they're saying his daughter, they don't know it's his daughter, but his daughter's lying, dying on the ground, and the family are screaming at him to take their son to hospital because, yeah. you know, he's got a minor injury. And it's just that moment of pressure versus the, the whole 20 minutes before, you could just see in his face, his patience is gone, like when he's dealing with the dad. Yeah. So it's just like, you, you, it might seem unexpected, but you, you're kind of visually prepared for it. So the poor dad is running away and he realises the only way that he can escape uh, or uh, shall I say the other bit first or shall I just say that bit? You can just say it. Yeah, okay. Um, We don't know at this point but he runs away and puts himself in the basement of uh, the rich uh, family's house Uh, and then uh, we find out that the young girl dies uh, so it's only the son and the mum left in the family Uh, and that, that's pretty much how the film ends. Like, mm-hmm. it starts off with this way that you think is actually the real version of it, and then it's actually just kind of like a mental dream version. Yeah, it's um, really well done. Yeah, so you think, like, this is kind of montage of him actually coming back to try and save his dad, but it turns out it's actually he's just saying this is the way that it's going to go. Yeah, when this, uh, yeah. yeah, and that, that's the way that the film ends. You just find them, that you know, they're a broken family, the dad's living in the basement, and that's how it ends. But again, it, it draws together all the different themes of the film really, really effectively. Like mm. this, the main imposter syndrome scene where he actually says it is when the son is with the girl, uh, rich girl, his girlfriend before the party looking down on the party. Oh, yeah. And he says, everyone looks so cool. Do I fit in here? Do I fit in? And I, again, cool basically there is a misnomer. It basically just means Americanized. Like they're all in westernized clothing. Um, if you see throughout the film, the mum, sp- when she's happy, she speaks more English. There's a lot of mm. the, the tent. I did wonder why she spoke more English. The tent is from England. The tent is from America, and you know that American tent the kid in is sturdy enough to deal with the flooding that's you know making people homeless in the poor area. So there's mm. a big, there's a lot of theme. That's another kind of major theme that kind of comes to a head of. You know, resources can get you what you like. Like, even if the dad had committed that crime, if it had been a rich dad, he wouldn't have had to hide in the basement for the rest of his life. That's yeah. just because he's poor. So the way it kind of brings together those different themes at the end, the son laughing, like they say, it's a neurological condition after a head injury. But, you know, that's not... The film kind of hints that it's not that. And for me, that kind of comes down to... he's You know, do you know, it keeps making the point about how he's like, the copper and the doctor both look too young. They don't, don't look ready for it. Oh, yeah. That, again, to me, just makes a point that again he's kind of seeing through the bullshit of the world and he's seeing that look they don't know what they're doing they're blagging it no one knows what they're doing we're all blagging it it's all just a matter of circumstance where you grow up and it was all pointless like all their efforts all their ambition was actually their own downfall mm. and just the Which irony there is of that. another theme and conversation of that very specific point mm-hmm. as well ambition that that the kind of danger of ambition that way um yeah, I think that's really kind of... And and then the idea... So at the end, the idea is the dad uses Morse code to communicate a letter to his son. Mm. We believe the... We, we kind of buy that. And then 
there's a kind of dream sequence where the son basically has to get enough money together to buy that house to then let his dad come upstairs from down and kind of reunite with his mom and him, the, the family that's left. But then the son kind of wakes up, he's back at the semi-basement, and Bong's been quite clear about the fact that um, he doesn't, like, you know, in Bong's universe, in the real world of this film, the son will never get the money in order to buy that house, in order to free his dad, his dad's trapped down there. The actual ending credit song translates to 564 years which mm. is how long the son would have to work to pay for that house. Oh, damn. So <laughs> it is a time. very cynical yeah. kind of... It's a, it's a cynical ending, but again, it, the, the film's very built in realism, and it's 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 kind of a crushing kind of attack on, on um, capitalism, I guess, and, and mm. the way it's kind of conditioned people. But the, the way it draws it all together is, is, I think, really kind of almost the highlight of it. Like, no matter how good the first two thirds of a film is if the last third is bad people are going to walk out unhappy and it can actually you know the, the same in reverse you can watch two thirds of a shit film and the last half an hour is pumping and you're just like that oh, was actually pretty good <laughs> so like just with that bias I think he it was just really fucking well upheld that the, the entire time it doesn't lose energy he's building this tension the entire film and it and it you know it doesn't let you down at any point for me yeah no. also going back to your whole point of like crushing uh, like life choices as well mm -hmm. uh, the, there's a whole scene uh that specific the the message like of the film or at least of that scene specifically is there's no point to living with a plan yeah. because no matter how good your plan is something will derail it mm -hmm. which is pretty much the entire film yeah. like that the, their plan went well up until something kind of uh, you know they didn't expect to happen and then specifically the flood happened as well which just kind of ruined them so mm -hmm. there was no point to planning it mm -hmm. but then right at the beginning of the film uh the, the 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 whole meaning of or oh, you don't have a plan with your life so your life is meaningless because he wants his son to go off to university and he's so yeah. um he's he's so proud of the ambition oh he's so proud of the his friend for going away to university and actually making something of his life rather than his own son yeah uh but then it, you know they're kind of parallel well you know they're kind of opposite to each other so it's like which one do you actually kind of go for then yeah that's one of the two pieces of the, the two key pieces of dialogue in the entire film for me that little dad speech and then also mm. the line where um they, they're talking about the mum, the rich mum, and they, they said she's nice though and yeah but they, she's rich no she's nice even though she's rich and then someone says no she's nice because she's rich mm. and again that to me is a really really fundamental point of this film is that that's what justifies a lot of the poor actions and that's also kind of the nature of the world where you can afford to be nice if you're rich everything's you know everything's cool why yeah you there's be no nice? problems really whereas you have to like what would this family have done if they hadn't afforded the documents and scammed and then like you know it's the same thing with the dad you know the dad was in the basement because of debt and debt collectors and they never stopped looking mm. like the the idea of debt like there is no solution with ambition comes debt and then with debt you just get dragged further in debt and you just have to you know he, he end up having to kind of retreat into his own world and sometimes some films and it does sometimes feel like the film's telling you that as an outcome is that you know what ends up happening is you just have to pull back into your own sphere and just kind of like try and let yourself become satisfied with that even if it's you know pathetic from the outside mm. it's what you can live with like things about smell little themes like that like uncontrollable things but things that are definitely keep us apart mm. Well, there's a whole thing to do with smell. And what, like, I'll kind of bring it into my devil's advocacy point. Mm -hmm. Was why did he kill the dad? 
Like, I know why he killed the dad, but why did he kill the dad? <laughs> yeah. Like, they were so close to just kind of getting away with it, really. Like, and then he just kind of snapped that way. And, like, there's this whole point of you saying, like, you know, crossing the line. And any time that that was kind of brought up uh, to do with the dad was to do with his smell. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that he smelt specifically. And for me... Um, I don't. Know, I don't know about you, but like the the way the reason why he snapped was because of the way that the rich dad looked uh, looked down like, at him. Looked, on looked down at the guy who was in the basement after he you know got the car keys after the guy was there, and the way that he smelt because he like did that disgusted face of the way that he smelt, and then it cuts back to him, Ooh. and then he's seeing that as oh oh so we're all like this, and that, then he goes after the dad because like this specific line was brought up at least three or four times throughout the film. Mm-hmm. So at that point, I'm like, if that is the reason as to why he kind of did snap and then kill him but it, then you know fair enough it was built up to it but then it's like see i think you know? part of that the other thing that the that poor dad repeats to rich dad which i kept noticing was he keeps the other time he nearly crossed the line is when he's asking him about whether he loves his wife mm. and obviously rich dad is a little bit borderline with that and i can't help but think there's a certain degree of like there's some other level there where for example even when there's a whole nother level where they touch on where, do you know, where the dad, rich dad's talking to poor, rich dad's talking to rich mum. Yeah. And they're kind of talking about using the panties from the car as kind of like that would get him so hard. Oh, it's yeah, like, it does. The, the, which again is. <laughs> that scene came out of nowhere, didn't it? <laughs> well, it's, it's hitting on again the way kind of poor people are commodified by rich people for sexual gratification. Like that mm. is another thing in society where, you know, they'll feel better than, but then you see a lot of their kind of echoing the behaviors of kind of more you know and and it's well, seen as like kind of a bougie <laughs> arrogant thing exactly but it's yeah. not it's the same it's animal it's gross mm. but you know they, they, that distinction isn't there whether rich people would like to think it is or not so i just the way it builds in where you see the fractures with that dad and the son the, the with dad and rich dad like you see those fractures early on even when dad is performing his lines on script perfectly which again yeah. is another really really great scene the scene where their dad's reading lines Pair, yeah. their families all together in that tiny space and they're all coexisting perfectly you know the sister when the place is flooded the sister goes and she sits on the toilet and has a cig and she's happy she's got a cig and again that just comes to f- f- for poor people there's only short term you can only look to short term pleasures because the world's not going to let you have long term mm. so her house has been flooded but she's relieved because she can have a cig and she can get that burst of nicotine like that's just that way of you can look you can't afford to look long term as a poor person it's just another point that i think the film's continuing to make with Plus, that stone as well which kind of comes thing. into like the whole don't have a plan don't have well. hope like yeah. that stone is the representing hope when it gets flooded the stone um floats it's hollow like you know it's just an, it's to me that's like false hope that's what that's trying to say um do you want to move on to the qu- well actually while we're doing devil's advocate because i oh, I had oh you have a different point cool i had a different point all my, my point is again i think the funny thing is we both said we wanted to do these devil advocates arguments but like we don't really we really don't believe them for this specifically film. for this film like or if there's stuff. any other film probably that we'd find a point my but. one is it's whether it's just it ends too cynically whether because also with bong's life specifically mm. he was a tutor there's a there's an idea that that son is kind of a avatar for bong and he made it so why can't his character make it you know what i mean so especially in light mm. of that real world maybe and especially maybe I, because he is like you know one out of well, a million you mm-hmm. know well it's like, very true and i disagree completely with that point I, I i tend towards cynical i think films too often try to oh yeah no I was, I was gonna say like i was surprised you even made the point yeah <laughs> that's why it's the devil's advocate point i disagree with yeah the only other point i, I get it though. as well yeah. is that i suppose it comes through do you know the no plan thing 
Mm. That also extends to the rich family. So that's another point that maybe it could have been, maybe he could have emphasized that a bit more. But if you think like the kid getting injured, the dad getting killed, like all of that is from the chaos of chance of this family getting introduced into their life, which Mm. wouldn't have ever happened if Min hadn't recommended him. So it's just like, you know, that chaos influences everyone equally. And we kind of don't really hammer that point home because we don't go back to the rich family afterwards. We just assume they're fine somewhere. Yeah, but they, will they will be fine be. somewhere. Yeah. That's again the nature <laughs> of the world. Exactly. But I wish we could have made that point that you know at least the mum's going to sleep, have some bad nights and stuff. I bet they kept the pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we might be right. Uh, right. So our final category we're going to look at then is basically a question of legacy. So we're going to look at how well the film's going to hold up, kind of get into any last comments, and specifically we kind of gave ourselves two little things to consider of the social value of the film and like the cultural value versus the actual pure entertainment value, which, you know, um, you kind of, you can lean in terms of significance either way, but we just, I'm just glad I think for this film, it really kind of, you know, hits it out of the park in terms of both elements. Mm, We've talked a lot of the social stuff. You have a lot of like notes in your legacy, but I don't know if that was to do with other stuff or whether it's this, because I've only written literally because it's already an Oscar winner. So Uh it's already going to be in legacy no matter what. Like it's in the history books. The first done picture, it's got a lot of, those kind of things going for it Mm. Uh, but in terms of like I don't know if it's going to be like in the conversation specifically and I think that's just westerners in general Mm. like uh, (laughs) I don't want to grass them up but um, like I I recommended this film to my parents (laughs) and like they literally just said no they don't really want they don't want to watch it because it's uh, uh, yeah because it's foreign language and specifically because they don't like reading subtitles in films but like and that's like the uh, and they they, I mean they don't like that many good films each their own yeah Yeah. exactly but it's like but for that specific reason I don't think it's going to be brought up in the conversation as much as like other films that are considered greats would do i'm gonna do my usual and sound super arrogant but i do think okay (laughs) there's there's only (laughs) there's only certain so so certain people are gonna cross it off the list immediately like not even consider it because it's foreign language then i think of the cross section that will consider it i think not to be again i suppose it sound like a dick but i think they're going to be more like intellectually capable of actually taking in what this film is trying to tell you because again, it's not showing, it's not telling you anything. It's not saying rich people, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's showing you that. So I think it might, with the impact it's had on us, that's because we're able to kind of let it sit with us and just let things replay and just think about kind of the the sort of stuff going on behind. So I just think it maybe maybe it's a problem that uh, that it kind of won't get the biggest audience overall. But I think it's got a really good potential of, hitting everybody who's going to be there to take on that information and especially with i suppose political elements of the fact of us and south us south korea and nuclear and these kind of other things i think in a big big historical picture way that might actually help because Mm. you know bong's the only south korean one it's the first foreign language film to win best picture there's a lot of things that make it in a very big picture way stand out that i think are going to help its legacy as a postgraduate film student, like I'd love for this to kind of be in those mm-hmm. uh, kind of films where you do dissect them because there's a, there's only a certain amount of films that you kind of go through on your course. And I feel like this one in like five or six years should be on that course. Mm-hmm. Like, like just to kind of going through different motifs and the way that different uh, directors from different countries uh, direct films. Uh, you know, I, I, th- I think it's going to be that kind of niche mm-hmm. that follow into this film. Uh, but I do hope it, it's gonna it's gonna hold up anyway, 
because it's still a prominent thing. It's it's one of those messages. It doesn't matter what time it was made. It's mm-hmm. it's always the same message of like the rich and the poor and their different mm-hmm. aspects on life. Exactly. And the yeah. way the way that they go through life to get by. It's metaphorical. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so so it's always it's always going to be relevant. Yeah. Like there's, there's certain films where um, like it's done in a specific time. Uh, is in a specific time sorry uh where it just gets dated mm-hmm. like I- even films like that were made at the start of 2010 mm-hmm. like they're super dated like dated now yeah and it's like well they didn't have to be if you did it in a certain way yeah but i think this is always going to hold up in that regard just in terms of filmmaking and stuff as well just yeah the precision of it like everything's just you know well, so i just want to bring it up again that water transition um, yeah very <laughs> nice it was very nice we, we go we good. go mad for a good transition uh, edgar would be proud yeah, <laughs> as well I suppose um, the foreign. I think it'd be really good to just as a introduction to Bong for people because it's the best picture. I think that'll make it a lot easier for people to discover it and then go from that to his other films and people yeah. are watching like Okja and random things like that, which are just a little bit more intellectually stimulating than a lot of kind of films out there, which I just think is a good thing. I don't know if you know this as well. Bong and Adam McKay, who did The Big Short, who's done kind of a lot he of stuff. He works a lot with Will Ferrell. Comedy, yeah. They're both executive producers in a TV show, HBO limited series, based on Parasite with the same name. So it's Ooh. definitely, that's a big point for Legacy. What a weird crossover, though, mm-hmm. with like different minds. But again, different McKay's approaches. been doing a lot more dramatic stuff kind of recently, and he's very kind of well-regarded. So it it doesn't shock me, especially just for an executive producer thing. That I think it's going to end up making that's that's what we're talking about the mass appeal. Mm. Maybe this is where the mass appeal can I mean, come maybe in. Maybe this is the way it kind of gets more westernized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Although the kind of one of the major themes of it is westernization's bad, <laughs> but, <laughs> but hopefully nobody notices that because <laughs> because they don't they don't exactly like pull back on that point. <laughs> oh yeah, cool. So we're gonna for each of the categories, we're gonna give them a star rating of one to five. Um basically then given a final score of 25 and as we go along we're going to keep kind of a league table of the films we've done the scores they've got mm. which categories kind of and we might even do like a little excel or something so people can see like if they wanted to check for example which films have got the best to edit when we're 100 episode in yeah we'll we'll have them be able to search that kind of one by one um so yeah if you've got anything to suggest sticking in the comments but we'll just go through one by one with the categories we actually we haven't worked out a lot of these for real so far so. these are mine that i'm gonna try and okay i don't know if you can see <laughs> i, I kind of it's saw very high, high on my ass uh, it's one to rate. five it's pretty simple the first one we did was world building yeah um for you i'm giving it five I, I have to as well, considering the mise-en-scene production, is, we've basically got little bullet points after each of these on just things to direct our thinking. For for world building, it's story logic, writing, mise-en-scene, production design. And for me, like every element of those was perfect. Yeah. It was even shot in a weird friggin' aspect ratio, <laughs> so they could better, sh- it was like two, three, five to one, so they could better get families into all one shot. Mm. So it was shot super wide. But just like every every degree of what you see on screen and the references to what you see on screen to me are like perfect like just the the efficiency they're not giving it away too easily but letting you infer some stuff for yourself yeah yeah five all five. the way cool no so we'll go to our acting yep uh which again just to kind of reiterate is like the casting the acting the way that the characters are portrayed their motifs uh like how believable they are how you can relate to them stuff like that uh for me Specifically for my only point that I can't 100% tell whether they're that good or not. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I did believe it 100%, but I'm giving it a four and a half. Mm. 
th- there was one or two. I suppose we do another little feature called character replacements, which um, which is coming up, coming up, yeah, <laughs> where where we'll replace them. And I think I'll get into a bit more detail about where I actually saw some weaknesses in the characters mm. slash actors for me. I I'm happy to take a four and a half because there was wait, what were you going to go for? Five? I was going to say four, oh. four and a half. I wasn't sure. Okay, so I think I can be brought down to a four. No, see, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going back to four and a half because I've just realised it's a foreign language <laughs> film. Like you, how if much it, how much has been communicated to us would be impressive if it was in English. Mm. So I don't think we can really complain about the character, the, the like actors. being able to get that, even having to read. Because we've just every... had an hour conversation about it. Like clearly, we've taken <laughs> okay. a lot in. Was it? Is it good enough for a five then? Or? I don't give it a five. Okay, fair enough. Because I've got little things I'll pick out, which will explain <laughs> it in the replacements. Oh, okay, okay, cool. We'll we'll talk about it then. Then, which is a great plug to go and check out this. Unless this is the podcast and you're watching the whole thing. And this is partly why I couldn't <laughs> give it a five is because I also realise I can't give everything a five, and I'm not taking less than a five for the next category, which is directing. Uh, see, I put four and a half, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I can be brought up to a five. I mean, he did win the best director for it, to yeah. be fair, and it was also the best picture. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, it, it was... so that if if anyone's going to get a five star for directing, it's going to be this film. Yeah, and it's one of those that if we think like for one, it was very, it was entirely logical and readable at first view. But I think if we watched it another three or four times, there'd be a whole lot more stuff we noticed particularly yeah. about <laughs> I mean, the director. We all got this just off one watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which usually we'd watch it maybe once or twice. Like, you know, sometimes twice. But yeah, okay, five star for directing. Um, editing? Um, see, for this one, I put three and left it open because I, I was willing to... I, I still, I didn't... The problem was I didn't... Always I, di- I didn't think we could do four and above for everything. I put four and a half. I, 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 <laughs> I think maybe the elements of... I think it was more just this, like I like the score. I think it was kind of subtle in the right way, but yeah. may, maybe I think there could have been, you know, I I didn't have this one as instinctively as like I wasn't as on it immediately because I just felt like maybe there was a bit more to give. Okay, um, I'm trying to go through my thing. The, the CGI. I was just thinking most of the house was CGI in certain parts. Yeah, like they have to do reshoots, and they just did it in this random street, and then they put the house in it. So there's, there's certain shots in this where you wouldn't even notice. That it was all like that. There was CGI. I definitely think it's a. F- I definitely think I can give it a four. Um, I cut. This is the problem. Is I can't even really criticize it that much. This is the ironic thing about this. <laughs> but I just. I you know like when you you're feeling like I I don't feel like I can um. I don't feel like I can give it. I don't want to give the whole film like twenty four and a half and then just screw ourselves in the future. Yeah, I know. But I That's... did really really enjoy it. Do you think four I, stars? I can, I can be brought down to a four. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think four stars because um, the pacing is really good. The actual cutting, the editing is brilliant. Yeah, it's like, maybe just even just like in like the conversations, keys. like the the first uh, scene between uh, the friend and the friend going to university, mm-hmm. uh, the poor boy and his uh, university friend. Uh, just the way even like though like that conversation happened like Boss i just love the, the way that it just, yeah yeah and then it just kind of slowly kind of kept coming in until the mm-hmm. like the point at the end uh yeah like scene pacing for me was like five star like i really loved it but i can be brought down to a four so i'm gonna bro- I'm bring that down to i'm thinking four. as well in terms of cgi i suppose it's more like that some of the kind of you know the blood and the violence mm. like it wasn't it, i you know did it feel that visceral to you like it didn't. No, feel but I'm very, very desensitized and stuff. Yeah, maybe I <laughs> wanted more from it, but I just mean like little ways. Where even the score, like I did like the score, but maybe something a little bit more obtrusive could have. Because because this is another thing is like we have talked about this fairly dispassionately, like kind of like an intellectual exercise. Mm. Whereas maybe if there was a bit of it more heavy stuff going on with the score, we might have like kind of emotionally 
Because I wasn't upset. Were you emotionally hit at the end? Not upset, but I got, I related to it. Yeah, but See, I think that's I mean, a you sound I like that's... a robot. Like <laughs> it, it, it's just it, the way it kind of it didn't really. Open I think that's any more us, stuff. but then I'm more emotional than you anyway. It, yeah. So if anything, there's more of a disconnect from like your. If point you weren't getting emotional, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If I wasn't getting more emotional, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> but again, that's we're really picking at nits here because we don't want to give every film 25. So. Yeah. Okay, so that's down to four. Yeah. So legacy, uh, will it hold up? Five for me. I did, especially put five. with the TV show now. I think that even more adds to the idea of with the way we consume things now. If there's also a HBO series about it, it's just like it will get to everybody. Everybody, mm. even the, if even see, if people, I gave it five stars, pa- but like our like our discussion about it before, I reckon it's going to be like a four and a half. Um, I think. Do you know why I think the main reason? I think the fact, like I'm saying, the big picture things, like the first foreign language best picture winner, the fact it's Bong. Like, I think these elements are the thing that are going to, in a real legacy, like, question mean it'll always be kind of relevant. Mm. Like, by by virtue of the fact that it was all, the, it broke down all these kind of barriers that hopefully allowed, like, by being the first, hopefully it's, you know, the Jesse Owens of foreign language films or whatever. Like, um, but See, I, again, I could be convinced of four and a half. It's just, I just think it's... The, yeah, the only way that I can think that, w- if it answers this question, yes, then it's five. Mm-hmm. I've just forgotten the question. Hang on. <laughs> Let me phrase it the right way. <laughs> like, um, nah, let's just give it five star. Wait, no. Yeah, that was the question. <laughs> Roller coaster. Do, <laughs> <laughs> do you think anything else is going to go over this in terms of legacy? Interesting. I don't think anything. I don't think anything like specific, like we've got a short list of films that we want to watch. I don't think anything well, on that list. What even fits into this category of like a foreign film that's this globally, socially, and like economically relevant? Like nothing's mm. this, nothing's hit on this many themes, this efficiently, Plus this globally. Like a, you know, for, uh, for the arguments we were and, making about uh, and the timeless themes, like we said, like yeah. money, rich, <laughs> that's people. Awesome. That's oh, what I was eventually leading for, into. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, five star, five stars, five star. All right. So if we add so it up, five, five, 10, nine, fifteen, fourteen. <laughs> Nine. Wait, race eighteen. Twenty <laughs> twenty three. I got twenty three. Wait, it should be. Wait, uh, we should just take off two. No, there's only two stars. It doesn't have. Cacting. It's four, and edit. It's four, so it's twenty. I got four and a half for cacting. Oh, I did thought, you? I oh, thought, fair dues. I thought we chose four and a half. Well, yeah, we might have done. I probably just didn't <laughs> fill it in on my sheet. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, does that mean it's twenty three and a half? Yeah, that's good, the answer I got. <laughs> good for you, parasite. We can count. Three point five. That is a beast. That's an actual very beat. solid film. Ah, so that concludes the. F- that, <laughs> that was so long. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you usually we have a note to say like twenty minutes for a film yeah. review. <laughs> it's not even our, if, if you're watching oh, most films, man. it would have been. We watched Dread, and that was going to be our first one, and that would not oh, have taken this long. I know you like that film, but I wasn't that big of a fan. Yeah, you you can have some wrong opinions. <laughs> in films. It's all right. Can't all be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you can shut the fuck up. Anyway, so this is the replacements uh, part of the podcast. Uh, but this is where we have some fun replacing characters in films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we have a bit of an improv run at what that story would be like if we put different characters from different uh, into like certain films. And this week, we are replacing characters in Parasite. Yes. Uh, and I have a whole rundown. Li- Actually, I don't have that many, to be fair. But uh, usually, sometimes we do like recasts, and we we really struggled this week. So what we're going to do is we're just going to replace 
uh, certain characters uh, from other films. Yeah, they uh, killed it. We don't want to recast him. It would have been. It would have. It just felt like ineffective. So we just thought we'd have some fun. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Goof off with it. I thought I did have some more serious ones, but they could be funny at the same time. Uh-huh. Uh, do you, Do you want to go first, or do you want to go second? Um, I'll go second if you like. Oh, okay. So I'll I'll, gi- I'll give you my more more serious one. Uh, be- <laughs> kind of. I mean, it changes the story a lot. Um, but I want to replace. Uh, oh yeah, for for anyone who's not seen Parasite, go and watch the film, then come back because it'll make a lot more sense. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, go just on. in case. No, no. From their point of view, not you. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to replace uh, the underground husband, uh, Ho John. Sa- I I'm sorry. I'm terrible at Korean. Yeah. Oh yeah. We should just names. explain again. We we had rich mom, dad, brother. Or son, daughter, brother. So yeah. Basically, we're just You've got a rich, rich family and, and a poor family, and then ruin the housemaid and her house. husband. Yeah. Uh, and I'm replacing uh, the housemaid husband who's been living underground uh-huh. with Pyon Sang Wook, which is the scarred man from Sweet Home. Oh, the TV show we were watching. Yeah. Uh, there's see. a there's a series on Netflix which I recommend go and watch, uh, which is called Sweet Home. It's based on a video game, I think, or a comic book of some sort. And there's this really cool. Uh, scarred man who made me question my own sexuality and <laughs> that's just a different point altogether he's like a yakuza guy he's like guy. a yakuza guy coming around and my version of this character it would be that character who comes out of the basement who's actually a contract killer who's pr- so annoyed at being underground for so long he comes out and kills everyone okay and then the film switches into a gear i think he'd go and find the person who was after him mm-hmm. and then he'd just slaughter everyone <laughs> and that would be my story. It's like so literally taking one whole film and then it's another whole film. And that's the, that's like two films for one. It's very weird. <laughs> we've, based, we've both basically followed the same line of thought. Oh, wait, no, really? Why have you got? Because I've replaced Basement Husband, as I've called him. Oh, yeah. Uh, with a character called Ode Sue, which is actually the guy from Old Boy. Okay. And I was like, so, do you know, he's trapped <laughs> underground in Old Boy and then yeah. he comes out and goes straight vengeance, hammer and all that shit. <laughs> Same no thing. way. Same oh, thing. okay. That was literally my first one that I wrote as well. So I was just like, okay, I think I've got to pick my, this one as my first one because that was like one of my last ones, but that's weird timing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. I've had the same idea. I feel more in sync with Get you now. Get more savage. <laughs> uh, well, uh, wait. Okay, I've got a really cool one. Okay. So what, what I was going to do with this one is replace the entire rich family mm-hmm. with the family from Get Out. Ooh. Yeah. The white family. I the white family, yeah. 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 So, ne- so then they're both trying to outplay each other. Ooh. And it's like, who's the cat in this situation and who's the mouse? Because obviously they're trying to like scam them into this, but then they're trying to like get them into like this whole system they've got. And I forgot what the, most of the film's about. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it'd be like this whole kind of like who's chasing who sort of film and seeing who actually kind of comes out on top. See, I think that'd be a really cool that, That's fucking sick. Again, I've kind of gone along a similar line of thought no. <laughs> where I wanted to replace the entire rich family. This yeah. was my first idea. Um, and I thought I'd replace the entire rich family with the family from The Incredibles. Because <laughs> 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 basically I wanted them to know and the poor people not know the whole time that they knew. And then obviously okay. during the middle when we thought things were going to flip, yeah, we'd have that be kind of the... Um, Oh, what, when they find out they, about them? The, 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 the rich people basically let on that look. Where, like, they find out they're superheroes. They no knew the way. whole time. <laughs> they both kind of got information about the other that they can't yeah. reveal. And they become like the Alfred family to their like, <laughs> Batman family of superheroes. Oh, that would be really cool. Exactly. It's a whole other twist. The basement's like the kind of operating. Oh, yeah, the yeah. They could turn it all into that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And maybe we can add in this extra political element and have them, like, you know, go on some, like, Korean assassination missions or whatever oh, and just go, go yeah. over the border up north. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot oh, of potential man. with messing with the entire Rich family. I've not okay. done that again, really, but that was a fun one that I thought, again, it's weird. We've both kind of gone on the same lines twice I now. I don't think you're going to follow me on this one. Okay, let's see. <laughs> you might be surprised. <laughs> so, this time, you'd replace the whole poor family. Mm-hmm. But you put the Family Guy family in there. Okay, yeah, yeah, lost me there. Because <laughs> I think it'd be a hilarious, like, especially Peter as the uh, yeah. the, the housemaid. Yeah. <laughs> and he, and Wait, you'd be the maid, the driver. <laughs> you'd be stopping him. Lois would be a great driver, to be fair. She's very discreet, she's fun. Well, I was thinking more Brian for the driver. Mm, yeah, I suppose so, that can work. He's, well, he especially the way that he age. kind of womanizes and stuff, because then he could kind of play the same sort of role. But just Peter fl- flouncing about, trying to do all the housework, so, yeah. but then always missing mysteriously getting it right that'd be, that'd be pretty great <laughs> uh oh my god and then you've got the whole tensions with meg and like you know all of that kind of stuff <gasps> wait i just realized a, a bit extra to that the family kick her down into the basement and then they find something else in the basement maybe there's mm-hmm. still like a husband and like, maybe quagmire's down there maybe the with... <laughs> basement's the animated world and they they're animated live in the basement oh it's like a only, lego movie they thing they only come up when oh they're gonna get caught <laughs> And it's like a whole other underground and underground. Oh, yeah. It's like, he, it's, that's kind of Space Jam now, <laughs> where the, the cartoons are underground. Oh. That's pretty great shit too. Yeah. I oh, just, man. I, I had one more one more family replacement, which I wasn't actually going to do, but we're kind of along that same lines now, so I might as well, which is replacing that family with the Fantastic Mr. Fox, Wes Anderson film family. <laughs> okay. Just because I think, A, Bong's style, but kind of combined with Wes Anderson's and Ooh, animated that'd be really would interesting. look cool as fuck. Yeah. And then also like the George Clooney, there's that family kind of has an interesting I don't know if you've seen the Fantastic Mr. Yeah, Fox yeah, we've before. done a review on it. Yeah, yeah, we did together, you're right. Um I really like the kind of dynamics in there as well. So it would just be funny to play like the poor family with those kind of same scamming kind of devious minds mm. that they have in the Fox thing. But also add that like physical they're a literal animal <laughs> like wrinkle to it okay so that would be kind of fun too but that's pretty much all my whole family ones like okay yeah i'm done with families now but i'm swapping like I- i'll do these two like together if you don't mind yeah, yeah, because they're, they're very very similar uh, sort of thing. Ideas now, anyway. so i'd replace uh the rich dad and the uh poor dad uh, of the park and uh kim families and replace them with ennis and jack from brokeback mountain Ooh. And That's it'd be a like a secret. It would be like a secret love affair sort oh of thing. Oh my god! <laughs> Blown my mind. That would have been incredible. Because then the, you can kind of fit some like homosexual kind of themes in there, whether it's right and, or wrong in that kind of culture. Table when he's with his wife and mm-hmm. that whole tension too. Uh-huh. Maybe that would also maybe more justification for the murder. I would have to say. Now like, that leads me into okay, my next choice, go. where it's uh, you swap uh, the rich dad and the poor mum to become Dan and Alex from Fatal Attraction. And you do the same sort of secret love affair thing. I can't. I didn't, don't. Not ring the bell. Well, I've not actually seen Phil attack. Okay, so basically, is that the one where she pays for, or he pays for it? Uh, no, that's the Woody Harrelson one. Forget yeah, it. no, no. It's basically it's another love affair thing, but she goes mental to the point where she like is gonna like stab him mm. and like kill the wife in the situation so that they can and be you'd together. Have the rich wife do that. Uh, no, I'd have the poor mom do that because then she's all <laughs> so all switch from the other way around whichever works mm-hmm. um so because uh, i also put a note in here thinking or oh, maybe uh the maid finds out and then then they kind of kill her together so that's mm. the reason why like more of the family gets brought into the into that family yeah and then she's always threatening the rich dad 
to uh, kind of come out about their relationship. Mm-hmm. But then there's more justification as to why he gets killed at the end, maybe. Uh, but I, pr- I prefer the first one that I kind of brought up was the Brokeback Mountain one, which I, I like thought was one. a really interesting one. While we're on the topic of the housekeeper, I, uh, okay. had, I had one change for the housekeeper. It's kind of sad now, but I mean, like, if we take out the tragedy side of it, Mrs. Doubtfire as the housekeeper. <laughs> Added some more comedy elements. Added some like I mean, you probably have to change the real parent concept, but yeah. we could probably fidget that to like you know uh, a family member that's estranged and they want to just see their cousins or whatever. Yeah, and you just, could have like a nice theme about it rather and than that, yeah. that twist would would make the husband downstairs and all that kind of stuff even more crazy. <laughs> so um, that that was my kind of messing with the housekeeper one. Okay, I had a few kind of quicker ones which I just thought would kind of give it a bit of a wrinkle. I thought you know, the rich kid, the boy. Yeah. Just a uh, bow and arrow Indian. Swap him with Damien from The Omen. <laughs> just have him be cursed. Have him be the <laughs> devil. And then, like, that. Because, that, you know, the whole tension of he's the one who seems to clock things sooner. Like, he yeah. realizes they That'd all make more the sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it would also make sense that he could maybe start to hold it over them. Have some kind of consciousness of power. He just kind of, of keeps power. spurting out stuff that and only they just, know. He just blackmails. Yeah. Like Damien goes blackmail. Um,. There was a kind of quicker ones. Uh, I, I thought about um, changing the lead dag with Mr. Miyagi. Okay. Just because I think yeah. that would also kind of be funnier. And I think when I was talking about some of the weaknesses with the characters in the actual main review, I think the only thing that really jumped out at me was, do you know the dad in the car keeps saying, but you love your wife, you love your wife. Mm. Like, I didn't really buy that interaction. Whereas I think if he was an older dude, like if he was like a 55-year-old 60 guy, you can buy him being the kind of preachy, like wanting to to kind of have that kind of you know that that involvement and mm. in that kind of conversation. Okay. So I just think I can see it more with an older kind of driver being and an older guy with older kind of entrenched beliefs. And then I think there's also a, a kind of an interesting element to the like old husband, younger wife thing, which we could play around with. Okay. But most of my days were goofing around. <laughs> the only other one that I think is worth mentioning is um, swap in lead boy. But with wait, ab- which boy? Sorry. Uh, um, so poor boy. <laughs> okay, yeah. poor boy. Um, with about four or five years on, kind of teenage Kevin McAllister, <laughs> and then we've still got the kind of devious mindset. We've got kind of planning stuff. I think the two, the two that I always go back to, which again was my first thoughts of Matilda and Kevin McAllister, <laughs> and I had to kind of give them my shout out as usual. That was oh, like, yeah. if you could have made anyone Matilda, if the rich kid could have been Matilda instead, the, the young one. <laughs> Would yeah. be very interesting, and it would have played yeah. more with him knowing. So add some extra like levels to it. Okay. But generally with this film, it was like we we kind of mostly just replaced him with funny kind of ones because we kind of appreciate it as a serious piece of cinema enough on its own that I don't know how many ways we could kind of seriously change stuff to make the idea that much better. Well, I've got, got one, one more. In my mind? I've got oh. one more. <laughs> so you replace. It's kind of going back to my first one a little bit, but you replace poor dad mm-hmm. with Ethan Hunt. Ooh, <laughs> and he. So here's the thing, right? So he's a spy. Deep. In, it still plays exactly the same way, mm-hmm. right? Like exactly the exactly same way, the but the same, same actor. Everything. Uh, spy is deep undercover mission to infiltrate and kill the rich dad. So at the halfway point, pulls off the mask. The it's Tom Cruise. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I buy it. I buy it. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I, the only thing I did that's similar to that actually is I I replaced the lead boy with Alfred Borden, which is Christian Bale in The Prestige, ah. and I was like, we could have a magic element, like you know, <laughs> that kind of driven yeah. desire of it, and and there's a little glimpse at those kind of teenage years in The Prestige, but they kind of ignore them deliberately. They this is what he was doing. He was in Korea. <laughs> 
getting his dad killed or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, that was my only other replacement. Honestly, uh, with this, I think it's kind of kind of possibly be one of those running things that like the more we substantively enjoy a film the longer the review versus the shorter the character <laughs> replacements. So this yeah, because there's not that much we want to change, really. No, we just, we're just we kind of messing really about. Happy. We had a good time with it. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, things that are shit, which trust me, we'll have a lot more fun messing with the story and just getting into some real crazy I don't know. I, I, I liked all these. <laughs> I think these are fun, yeah. <laughs> I like them too. But I know we've spent a lot longer on the past on stuff, whereas this one is just like, it's more just like little ways to give added little wrinkles rather than like before we've entirely like rewritten the film and thrown it in an entirely different genre which will be coming soon yeah exactly <laughs> but um yeah this one was a little bit more good shit with the film a little kind of adding a little kind of bit of a groove to it that they hadn't otherwise thought so those yeah these recasts were definitely fun that was it yeah that's it <laughs> that, was, that was it we hope you liked the review yeah hope you liked the review hope you liked uh, some of the replacements who would you replace uh, and what kind of story would it follow uh, give us a comment down below so we can see and we can reply uh, I've been your boy Matt I've been Bill and this was uh, replacements yeah, <laughs> rewrites replacements I gotta get this outro side I know uh, barely an outro it's like a sentence and a half and we can't <laughs> fucking pull it off but. you know what you shut the fuck up <laughs>